CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Young Nostalgia? Spooky. Let's take a look. It's another fabulous, absolutely fantastic, best week ever of Young Nostalgia. This is episode 75. We're going to be talking about the radio mystery theater from CBS from way back in the day. As it is October, we thought we could uh, bring a cool little spooky topic. I'm Nolan. As always, Ben is beside me, and we are podcasting to you today from the empty toilet paper roll that somebody forgot to take off of the hanger. Ben, how you doing today, big guy? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. How you doing? <laughs> Not too bad. It, it, it always comes back around to the stinking TP now. <laughs> right. I love it. Oh, my God. It's so good to be back. Another week coming to you. Uh, the weather feels amazing. Fall has finally hit, and it feels so good. Like, I would completely rather be cold than too hot. Like, I start getting very uncomfortable when when my back hairs are sweaty. <laughs> no, no, I feel you. And it's, you know... Uh, for anybody that you know tries to say, uh, you know, being warm is so much better than being cold. Like, yeah, it that's cool and all, but you can always put on more clothes, and you can only you can only get so naked. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've tried that before, and <laughs> we know where that got me. I'm still I, actually I need to report to my probation officer. Anyway, <laughs> it's good to see. You. Hopefully, your week has been good. Um, I want to give a quick shout out. There is a good friend of mine over back in Ohio uh, in Columbus. And um, Rusty, he does, uh, Rusty and Ryan, they do the Otaku Brothers podcast. If you are huge into video games and then just two bros hanging out, joshing around, um, you know, a little bit uh, less of a filter and kind of just like speaking freely, you know, just kind of average guys talking about what they enjoy. A great, great show. I listen to him every week. Um, and they're amazing, and they've done great things for us. Uh, Rusty and Ryan have given us shout-outs here on the show uh, multiple times, and I just want to reciprocate and just say that I love listening to the show. It's kind of a nice, relaxing show to listen to to just kind of break up the monotony of a workday. So if you have the opportunity, check out Otaku Brothers on any podcast app or podcast listening platform that you prefer, and uh, I promise you that you will not regret it. They're a good group of guys. And they have some good content. Check it out. Um, Do I hear a collaboration show coming up at some point? Well, you know what? That's what I've been thinking. I would absolutely love to have one of those guys on the show sometime, um, especially from a video game perspective, because they're huge into uh, that hobby. So I think it'd be sweet to have them on. Uh, Rusty was huge into the N64, still is, even the PS2. So he grew up with that stuff. So I think it'd be awesome to have him on. And, uh, you know, he's around our age, too, so he could kind of go back and forth with us about, um, you know, the good things, the bad things, uh, the things that are bad now, but we really loved then. So <laughs> no matter what, they're always going to be amazing. I think it'd be kind of fun to do. 
Um, yeah, but they're a good group of guys. Check them out at Otaku Brothers. Um, and you can always email them at otakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com. Um, and then you can email us at youngnostalgiapod at gmail.com and let us know that you listen to them <laughs> and let us know what you think. It would be great. And then we can forward them the email after you already emailed them. So then they'll get two emails about the same person talking about the same thing that they can read twice. That way everyone's inbox is at maximum <laughs> capacity. Right, right. <laughs> uh, a big shout out to Tom Giorgio. Giorgio. Uh, do you know this individual? I do very well. All right. Well, he gave us an email about a YouTube channel that you and I would be interested in. So I want to give him a shout out for thank you for giving us an email at youngnostalgiapod at gmail.com. And we will definitely check that out. It means a lot to have you with us and the support. Um, all right. I feel like I've been talking quite a bit. Ben, anything else before we get into the show? <laughs> um, you know, nothing other than, you know, we we this is one of those shows where we... We did come up with the show topic right beforehand, but it is a fantastic <laughs> one. It's not <laughs> it's not one of our half-baked shows that we come up right beforehand. I am super excited right. about this, and I think it's it'll be a good theme uh, to come back to going forward. I'm with you. I, I can't wait. Uh, okay, well, beforehand, we were going to do a mailbag episode, maybe. <laughs> but then we were like, well, let's just find out some questions that we could ask each other. So... One question I'm going to give you, Ben, is what website do you visit most often? Uh, don't say Pornhub. <laughs> I know you're about to. <laughs> I don't know. I'd say YouTube. Okay. I mean, right. it, well, I guess if you want a corny answer, it'd be Google because you got to go through Google to do anything. Uh-huh. Um, really, YouTube. I mean, it's whether it's for just, you know, watching shows in general that I watch on YouTube um, or popular channels that I like to watch. And sometimes you do it for how-to stuff. You know, if you can't figure something out or you want to learn about something, chances that there's always a YouTube video out there about it. And so I probably spend most of the time um, on YouTube. Okay. I'm with you. Cool. I like it. Good stuff. So what? Uh, right. <laughs> what is your... <laughs> What is no, no, I already no, knew we're your not going to talk about me. I, no. <laughs> your, your mind was already in the gutter, so. <laughs> so we're not going to talk about be? me. Ep- episode 75 <laughs> coming to you. <laughs> All right, we're going to be talking about the CBS Radio Mystery Theater, um, an old-time radio show that started in the mid-70s and went through the early 80s, but then was kind of rebooted in the late 90s, early 2000s. So. Let's take a look at the overview of CBS RMT, sometimes abbreviated as CBS RMT. It is a radio drama series created by Hyman Brown that was broadcast on CBS Radio Network affiliates from 1974 to 1982. And it was later brought back in the early 2000s and it was repeated by the NPR satellite feed, kind of rebroadcasting of the old shows. But then they did a little bit of re-recording to kind of update it for the time. Uh, the format was similar to that of classic old-time radio shows like The Mysterious Traveler and The Whistler, and that the episodes were introduced by a host, who you heard at the beginning of this episode, E.G. Marshall, who provided um, 
pithy wisdom and commentary throughout. Unlike the hosts of the other earlier programs, though, Marshall is fully mortal um, and can, you know, he's not just a disembodied voice, kind of like the host of Twilight Zone, you know, like the guy that would kind of bring you into the show, give you an overview of what's about to happen mm-hmm. and kind of be there for commentary. That's what uh, this program was kind of like. Um, so E.G. Marshall, merely he was someone who was in heightened insight and um, erudition. Uh, oh crap! Uh, Erudition <laughs> plunged the list. Erudition. Erudition, and he would plunge the listener into the world of macabre. <laughs> macabre. <laughs> Make macabre. McCabry McCabry Each episode of the CPS Radio Mystery Theater Opened and closed with the Ominous sound of a creaking crypt Door that sounded like I don't know A squirrel like Dying or something like that Yeah, Accompanied by Very closely related to nails on a chalkboard Yeah right right. (laughs) Accompanied um, by Marshall's disturbing Utterance of come in Welcome I'm E.G. Marshall This was followed by one of Marshall's Other catchphrases usually either The sound of suspense Or the fear you can hear And at the conclusion of each episode the door Would swing shut preceded by Marshall's classic sign off until next Time pleasant Dreams Probably not just like that but (laughs) Until next time pleasant dreams Dreams, and then Marshall hosted the program from January 1974 until February 1982, when actress Tammy Grimes took over for the series' final season, but maintained the overall format. So RMT was broadcast each weeknight at first with a new program every night, but as the show went on, um, they would run three or four episodes that were brand new each week, and then the rest of it would just be repeats of previous broadcasts. And there were 1,399 original episodes recorded and aired, which, you know, talking about before this, how come they couldn't just do one more episode to make it an equal 1400? Like it's a little bit disheartening and annoying. It's just like, you know, maybe you and I can just do one right here, right now. It it does. It grinds my gears a little bit. They couldn't just get one more out there, but you know what? I was thinking about it as you were talking. Um, I wonder if they did that on purpose to like mess right. with, to just mess with people. Oh my God. Or it's just like, Cause it works. it's just like SpongeBob and it's the missing episode. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just that one that one episode was just lost into yeah, the void. Like, like uh thirty years after they or forty years after they're gonna release like the, the 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 newly found lost episode. Right. But like I hope it was just an episode in the random middle of an of its entire run. <laughs> so it's not even like a continuum of like at the end of the series. It's like something way, way back. <laughs> Someday, absolutely someday. So, so that's an overview of CBS's radio mysterio, CBS's radio mystery theater with E.G. Marshall. Ben, why don't you take us over for the target audience of the show? Awesome. So, when the program was originally pitched, uh, it was targeted towards an audience that was old enough to still remember the old classic radio shows. Uh, Brown was a legend amongst radio drama enthusiasts for his earlier work on shows like Inner Sanctum Mysteries, The Adventures of Nero Wolf, um, and other shows dating back to the 1930s. 
Um, That's so cool. And you can kind of see this not only, you know, in the in the audience that it was targeted to, but also kind of the format of the show in general. So even the uh, young characters in early episodes uh, tended to have names popular from a generation a little bit earlier, such as Jack, George, Phyllis, uh, and Mary. Um, and many of the scripts, especially those by Ian Martin, showed a tenure for 1970s youth slang, um, uh, such as... Don't let her give you no runaround, Dad. And <laughs> I think <laughs> you do that so well. You I do that. So I think well. being around here is going to be kicks. Or uh, <laughs> lastly, <laughs> I dig a man who's far out. <laughs> You're hired, man. You're cast. Absolutely. Um, so, as late as 1981, Sam Dan's scripts uh, often included uncomfortable or skeptical references to women's lib, um, which is a term that was by then around a decade out of date. Um, so, and this kind of kind of shows a common theme throughout the show. One of the more uh, I don't want to say controversial. I wouldn't say controversial, but it was kind of a uh, it was criticized um, that Brown made no real attempt to broaden the program's appeal uh, beyond the older generation um, that had been raised on radio. So he's kind of criticized a little bit for having a tunnel vision look at the target audience and not trying to broaden it just a little bit. Right. Um, And I wonder if that even had a little bit of play with like how common and popular TVs were. You know what I mean? At the time, by the mid-70s, most people would have TVs, and obviously that's the centerpiece of the living room rather than an old-time radio. Right. So people who are going to have an old-time radio are obviously going to be listening to a program like this. It's going to be harder to drag people away from the television tube when they're watching Johnny Carson. You know, like right. But you know, this that's actually going to take us into the next point beautifully. Um, well, look at there. So around the debut of the CBS RMT, uh, only a few months after America, the American Graffiti phenomenon. Uh, coincided with the wave of 1950s nostalgia that swept young America during the mid to late 70s. Um, And the program quickly developed a very large fan base among teenage and young adult listeners, um, in addition to its older target audience. Look at that. Well, that's kind of cool. So it's almost kind of mimicking what's happening now. Like right now, we're kind of in this huge nostalgia trip into the 90s, I feel like, you know, late 80s, late 80s early 90s mm-hmm. with like fashion and music. Oh, yeah. I mean, this for the past uh, couple years, I mean, everything, everything 80s has been super popular. Um, Absolutely. Even cassettes are coming back as like, a you know, just like uh, just like vinyl is still really popular. Cassettes are actually making a comeback. Um but this is kind of what we were talking about as the uh, like the terminology of the show, that sort of thing was really dated, really pandering towards an older audience. And this was where a lot of that criticism came about is because, you know, the even though the older audience was targeted, there still was a fairly large, uh, you know, teenage and young adult fan base. Um, and there need, you know, there needed to be something that would appeal to them a little bit more. Right. Um, obviously, they were still interested. You know, it didn't really seem to, you know, dis, uh, dissuade everybody, anybody, but um, that was kind of a common criticism of the show around that time. Okay. 
I like it. I understand. Mm-hmm. Neat. Kind of cool. Um, so moving on to the scope of the entirety of kind of what the show was trying to uh, portray is that Brown expanded the show's scope beyond just mysteries to also include horror, science fiction, historical drama, westerns, and comedy as well, along with seasonal dramas like if it was around Christmas, it would be like Christmas, A Christmas Carol, uh, starring host Marshall as Scrooge, <laughs> and it aired every Christmas Eve except 1974-1982. So they would kind of tailor it to what the audience, you know, would be expecting or the time of year or, you know, kind of what was happening, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool um, and definitely would help with uh, the popularity of the show big time. Right. I mean, you see that you see that pretty much in every uh TV show as well. Not that it's exactly the same, but I mean, it's from the early days of TV all the way up into present shows. You always see uh, shows tailored to the time of year. Right. It just makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, look at Target, you know? Target will never just not have Christmas stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right? Good comparison. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, perfect. That was... <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> In addition to original stories, uh, there were adaptations of classic tales by such writers as O. Henry, Ambrose Bierce, um, Al Gernon, Blackwood, Wilkie Collins, and many more. I stopped uh, with that because Wilkie Collins is kind of a cool name, and then I didn't think that anybody else would would know any of the names. I have no idea who these people are. Um, (laughs) That is an interesting name, Wilkie. It's it's a Wilkie, yeah. Brown typically devoted the first full week of each January to a five- or seven-part series on a common theme. These included a full week of stories by an American writer such as Edgar Allan Poe back in 1975 or Mark Twain in 1976, week-long adaptations of classic novels, The Last Days of Pompeii in 1980, and Les Mis in 1982, and original dramas about historical figures throughout as well. Why, what's up, big It's guy? Pompeii, you Neanderthal. <laughs> What did I just say? You said Pompeii. <laughs> See, it was one of those things that like I knew what I had to say in my mind, but it just didn't come out that well, way. Trust me, I was on the right side of this. Well, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have corrected you. I would have just let it go normally, but Pompeii it's one of those words that like we Pompeii, would have gotten all kinds of shit about from somebody. Right. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. Look, it was one of those things that your mind knew what it had to say, but your mouth just didn't say it. I get but, it. I get it. It's, you know, it's probably just coming up with excuses. I probably sound real bad right now. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, back. Wait on. a second. Wait a second. Uh, keep on. Keep on. Keeping on is. Uh, wait a second. We're stalling. 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 Yep. I'm trying to find a. I'm trying to find a, a thing that. That really. Uh, Are you like a pronunciation? No, oh. <laughs> something that really gets to me like not not doing well on this pronunciation. <laughs> nope, that's not it. Oh, okay, okay I get it. He's, <laughs> he's scrolling through the entire uh, yeah. soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there we go. There we we'll go. just use a goat. That'll work. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> it was your section. We never finished it. <laughs> Oh, we didn't? No. Oh, I thought we did. I don't think oh so. Oh, my God. Where are we? Well, I'm pretty sure we did. In original dramas about historical figures. Okay. Well, I guess there wasn't too much left. 
<laughs> All right, let's let's try to let's bring this train wreck back together here. <laughs> um, so moving on a little bit to notable performers on the show. Uh, prominent actors from radio's heyday, TV and film performed on the series. Uh, notable regulars included Mason Adams, Kevin McCarthy, Arnold Moss, John Beale, and Howard De, <clears throat> Howard De Silva. No, no, the throat clearing is is part of his name. It is Howard <clears throat> De Silva. <laughs> <laughs> the series introduced a new generation of listeners to many great old time radio voices. Uh, a number of well known veteran and future stars made guest appearances, including. Theodore Bickle um, in Just One More Day uh, that was aired in May 1975. Richard Crana. Uh, Crana. I think I butchered that. Anyway, Ghost Plane. <laughs> no, it's actually, it, no, it's 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 Pompeii. <laughs> it's Pompeii. Richard Pompeii. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Ghost Plane, September 1975. Joan Hackett. Eye of Death, uh, March 75, Margaret Hamilton, uh, and uh, got to get here, Casey Kasem, the Headless Hessian, uh, September 23rd, 1975. I think it's so cool to see Casey Kasem on this list. Yes. The guy that did American Top 40 was on yeah. CBS Radio Mystery Theater. And, you know, doing, That's pretty cool. He, American, not only that, but he did the top, it, was, it seemed like since the beginning of time. Right. <laughs> right. Forever. Um, <clears throat> what a good name for a biography for Casey Kasem. Since the beginning of time. Since the beginning of time. <laughs> <laughs> have we talked about Casey Kasem? I think we have, haven't we? Uh, I can't remember. I know he's come up with the American Top 40 before, oh. but I don't think we've specifically talked about Casey Kasem. Yeah, we're going to have to put him on our list. All right. Yeah, that's a good idea. Back on track. <laughs> Actors were paid <laughs> union scale around uh, seventy three, ninety two, seventy four dollars ish per show. Uh, writers earned a flat rate of three hundred and fifty dollars per show. Production, which took, is like honestly pretty good. I mean, if you think about it, for back in the day, well, that much money per show, and they did in the beginning seven shows a week. Right? Yeah, they. Did. So I was just that's pretty say, damn good money. It's not like you know they're running. Uh, you know, one new show per week or anything like that. It was, it was pretty much every day. I mean, granted, if you look at the actual list of writers, it wasn't the same writer every show. True. Um, I mean, everyone. It was a pretty quick rotation of writers, so it's you know, it still was not horrible money. Right. Um, production took place with assembly line precision. Brown met with actors around nine o'clock in the morning for the first of the script readings. Um, after he assi- after he assigned roles, recording would then begin afterwards. Um, by noon, the recorder recording. <clears throat> wow! By noon, the recording of the actors was complete, um, and Brown handed out everyone's checks. Post production was done in the <laughs> Boom, afternoon. There you go. <laughs> yeah, <which> is, <laughs> like that is a that's a pretty strict schedule right there. It really is, and to be able to like get to post production in the afternoon. I mean, I mean, obviously, there's going to be days that you fall behind. Mm-hmm. So, who knows what's going to happen? But that's absolutely crazy. Because I mean, post production had to be just as much work, if not more, than just recording it the first time. Because I mean, at this point, they had to have like reel-to-reel audio format to like cut and 
at it that way. Yeah, there. I mean, even would the show run till 1982? Yeah, even then, there's they sh- wouldn't have been doing anything. You know, the any post production, they're not sitting there clickety clacking on laptops, right? You know, <laughs> absolutely not. It's actually, you know, well, I'm I'm sure it was on like mixing boards and stuff, but it was right. still all. You know, it was uh, actual hard medium type stuff, probably reel to reel. Uh huh. Um, and then cutting and stuff like that. And then, you know, if something didn't turn out right, they'd record it again, then cut that out mm-hmm. and then put the lens together. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's stinking moving. It is. That's good stuff. It is. All right. Uh, I mean, I mean, we do that for young nostalgia anyway. So, I mean, yeah, we got our mixing boards and reel to reel and little. <laughs> Little does everybody know, that's actually how we pr- produce stuff. <laughs> that would be really cool, yeah. actually. We actually like press our own vinyl and then transmit that to the computer to an MP3 format. Right. So if you we can, literally podcast on vinyl. So if you can, you could, if listeners out there could imagine the most inefficient way possible of <laughs> doing any of this well first we record on like reel to reel and then we transfer that to vinyl so we can have a hard copy right for ourselves and yeah. then we have to play it again basically at live speed and then record and then use a converter into mp3 and then we send it off right and if you play it backwards there's a secret message <laughs> Nolan's dead. Nolan's dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> All right, moving on to awards of the show. In 1974, uh, CBS Ra- Radio uh, Mystery Theater P- won a. Okay, gosh dang it! I really screwed I'll this try up that again. Yes, please. <laughs> All right, we'll get. We'll on edit to that awards. Out. Yeah. Wait a second. Wait a second. I got one for that. I got one for that. We're doing some more stalling here while Nolan. There we go. There we go. All right, back to the awards. (laughs) 1974, (laughs) CBS Radio Mystery Theater won a Peabody Award. (laughs) And on May 6th, 1979, Hyman Brown presented Broadcast Preceptor Award by San Francisco State University. So that's kind of cool. And then in 1990... And it was, to uh, be clear on that one, it wasn't just... Uh, Hyman Brown in general, it was for his work on CBS Radio Mystery Theater. Oh, okay. So he won the award for the contributions he did with the uh, yes Radio Mystery Theater. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then in 1990, CBS Radio Mystery Theater was inducted into the National Radio Hall of Fame, which is really, really cool. And it's not it not too far after it was done airing, too. Um, it seems like a lot of time, no matter what it is with any Hall of Fame, it seems like it takes so long for, you know, until something was done. Nolan, will you please put your clothes back on? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it takes seems like it takes so long till whether it's a you know Rock and Roll Hall of Fame once a group is done and out of the limelight for a very long time, or sports, you're there. You know, it seems like someone has retired for so long before they're inducted. It, you know, only eight years. Right. It doesn't seem like that long for them to be inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame. Right. Yeah, absolutely crazy. <laughs> Good for them, though. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, so, man. What do we got next? So Finishing we, out the show. <laughs> continuing popularity. In 1998 and 2000, the show was rebroadcast on NPR 
with Brown replacing E.G. Marshall's introduction. Uh, The radio mystery theater remains uh, perennially popular with collectors to this day with numerous websites, discussion forums, and a Usenet news group devoted to trading MP3 files of episodes. Uh, Many of the episodes were taped with original local and network news and commercials embedded, providing an interesting insight into the period when the show first aired. Honestly, I think that's the coolest thing, to listen back to the old episodes and then you hear, uh, you know, like an ad for uh, the beauty face mask that pulls all the air out from the mask. (laughs) If you go back to that one episode that we talked about that. <laughs> yeah. Or, it's just funny. To, it's like a, it's a product of its time, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And I think it'd be cool to listen to the like local advertisements for businesses that have prices. Like, I'm, I don't, like for example, you get maybe there's a McDonald's ad that would say, you know, Big Mac, 73 cents or something like that. You know what I mean? Right. Um, you right. Know, not that it was, you know... It's not super long ago. I mean, it ended in the eighties, but maybe. I mean, that was just a example, obviously. But, um, you know, I was also reading this the Usenet news group uh, devoted to trading MP3 files of episodes. I, I wonder how active that actually is. Since uh, right before we actually started the show, we looked on uh, Apple Podcasts, and I'm sure they're in other locations as well. But you can actually uh, go back and listen to all of the uh, RMTs throughout the years. Um, actually right. downloaded as podcast form uh, in a podcast format. So um, you don't have to go anywhere and download them and figure out how to get them onto your device or anything like that. Whatever podcast app you listen on, you can actually go and find these and subscribe, and it shows up just like our show, Young Nostalgia, shows up, um, which is pretty neat as well. Absolutely. I'm actually going to look this up quick because I want to know like how... How long are the episodes usually? Uh, they're about 45 minutes, I believe. They are. Yeah. yeah. About 45 minutes. Some are like special episodes, mm-hmm. maybe, with like just over an hour, like an hour 15. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Like, you can just head on over to Apple Podcasts and there they are. are. Yeah. 5.0 rating. Nice. Yep. Five stars across the board. I love it. Yeah. So I, that's pretty cool. I was, I mean, I've been aware of Radio Mystery Theater uh, for quite a while. And I, I can't say I've ever actually listened other than the little bit we've listened today to uh, get a feel for it uh, before the show. But I definitely subscribed and I'm going to be trying to hammer through those those shows. Nice. Cool. We'll have to check back in with you and see what you think. Mm-hmm. I'll probably download a few that sound interesting and give it a listen. I mean, oh, it's going to take much me better while. than. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But nothing much better than uh, waking up on a nice fall morning with a cup of coffee and listening to some Radio Mystery Theaters. Sounds kind of cool, not going to (laughs) lie. Yeah, I just set it up, you know, out on the front porch. Some, like, picturesque, like, uh, Folgers commercial, you know. You walk out on the front porch (laughs) of your mountain mountain cabin and... (laughs) <laughs> listen to haven't the, shaved haven't shaved in five years and you're just listening to radio <laughs> mystery <Street> theater, theater. <laughs> you <laughs> you literally have nothing else in the cabin other than this old time radio no bed no nothing <laughs> i love it that is how we live here on young nostalgia 
Check it out, and uh, if you guys end up listening to a couple episodes, give us an email at youngnostalgiapod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and what you think. Uh, that ends episode 75 um, about CBS's Radio Mystery Theater. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, let us know what you think. This is kind of kicking off um, a small little string of episodes talking about kind of radio dramas from back in the day. Uh, we've drummed up a few ideas um, to talk about uh, finishing out October, actually, here on Young Nostalgia. It would, it would almost be really cool. I am fascinated by like radio dramas that are noir-esque with Ooh. that kind of yes. clue, mystery, and um, week after week, you know, the story just kind of grows. Or week after week, it's like the same uh, characters mm-hmm. just put in different situations with different like murder scenes or something like that um, or mysteries to solve. I think that would be really cool to kind of research and do a show on as well no i definitely agree there's there's a bunch of different directions that we can go um we you know we could uh do a uh a show about just radio shows in general and how they got started and how they uh you know the impact on pop culture that sort of thing and then we could also go into talking about series like that you know we talked a little bit about little orphan annie uh before we started recording we and you just brought up the noir i know uh the shadow i believe it was called was a really popular one um, right which kind of had that noir thing it was a, a mystery solving kind of uh kind of show um beautiful description <laughs> Well, that's what it was. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just trying to imagine, like, you know, on next, The Shadow, a radio mystery sort of kind of show. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just kidding. I'm just, people would know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> you couldn't say you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Uh, yeah, you can find us out there on all of your favorite podcast listening platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, uh, Pocket Cast, iHeartRadio. We're out there. Again, one last shout out to Otaku Brothers, Rusty and Ryan. You guys rock. Give them a listen. You can find them on any way you listen to your podcast. Just search Otaku Brothers, O-T-A-K-U Brothers podcast and you'll find them there they are a good listen you guys rock as always thank you so much for joining us and if you want to be a guest on the show or have a future topic give us an email just like tom giorgio i think i'm saying his name yeah, right tom giorgio giorgio all right you got you rock man we're definitely going to look into that youtube channel we just want to let you know we got your email and we appreciate it more than anything if you have a topic for a future show or want to be on with us give us an email young nostalgia pod at gmail.com i think that's about it anything else Big you know, guy. You know, we've talked about it before, and I think it's about time we get uh, we get serious on it. You know, we're always on people about rate, review, and sharing, but it's going to get to the point where we're going to start going door to door. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. We're going to start soliciting for reviews. So, we're going to tear off that no solicitor yeah, sign. So and- watch out. <laughs> rate, oh my rev- God. rate, review, and share or else. Yes, please. If you have the time, please hit that five-star button and scroll down. Take about 10, 15 seconds even and just let us know what you'd like about the show. Say love it, hate it, uh, but please don't say hate it. But, you know, <laughs> just let us know. It would mean a lot. Uh, it means a ton. It helps us raise in the ranks and lets us know that we're doing a good job and you guys like what we're putting out. So it means a ton. Good call, Ben. 
I love it. Anything else? We good to go? I think we're good to go. That was super fun, and the rest of October is going to be fantastic. Absolutely. I love it. As we always say on Young Nostalgia, keep the bottles empty and the ashtrays full. We will talk to you next week.